0: I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Target Snarket, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. uh and you know what that means it's tuesday or uh, i guess it should be tuesday if you are a super fan and you wait on the edge of your seat for the weekly release of target snarket a podcast by broad digital consulting and if you don't then i guess we're gonna need you to step up your support levels or something (laughs) we are your hosts from broad digital y'all can introduce yourselves
1: I am Alwyn, famed author of Alwyn's articles on our weekly newsletter, and digital project manager
2: extraordinaire. I'm Kaylee, co-winner of the 14ers 2023 People's Choice Award and Mercersburg's 2012 Stony Batter Theater Award. (laughs) That was the important one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am Danielle
0: Chief Broad here at the old BDC. Uh, recently I've been talking IRL to people about our podcast and I think I figured out the most succinct way to explain us and it's that like we host a weekly pod that aims to make marketing and business less slimy. That's like a decent yeah. summary, right?
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah,
0: okay. Cool. <laughs> so that's that's our new- Remember like how we took an entire episode explaining like what it was and really it's just about, you know, Making it all less slimy. So
2: we take, oh. we take back that episode, everyone, I guess. I think the fact that it took us 18 episodes to get it down <laughs> to a <laughs> sentence is more on-brand. <laughs> really, you're not incorrect. Um,
0: <laughs> this week, we are gearing up for Pride Month, uh, celebrating ourselves and the rest of our queer community. Kick kicking off. off June 1 right we were like do we do a whole game month will people <laughs> tolerate that do we care if they won't uh, no. i think we no <laughs> i think we decided um you know in the spirit of who we are and what we do here and also the fact that we all identify as members of the lgbtq plus community uh getting the message out was really the priority um now i know some of you listeners viewers at home might be thinking Danielle. This is a business and marketing
2: podcast.
0: You're going to lose half your followers if you start acting too gay. Just stick to business and marketing and... You guys, dear listeners who think this way, you are in luck. Uh, the companies have actually made it super easy for us to talk about being gay and also talk about business and marketing. Uh, we ask you to look no further than the sea of a rainbow brand logos you're about to get in your feed starting on Thursday, only to change back Saturday, July 1, just in time to pretend for the patrioticest of all holidays like none of this ever happened. And so we salute. We salute. <laughs> we, salute. <laughs> we want to talk about it. So today our topic is actually the phenomenon of a rainbow washing or the season where companies spend lots of money to come up with clever campaigns about how love is love and pride is pride and donating to anti-LGBTQ politicians is something we need not distract ourselves with because... Pretty rainbow sleigh, yes, queen, hunty. So let's get into it. (laughs) Thanks. We have broken down a little bit what rainbow washing is. Uh, A lot of it ends up being this sort of like changing your logo to a rainbow without really thinking about what that means. But Kaylee, can you explain a little more for us just about rainbow washing in general, what it is, maybe how it got its start?
2: Yeah. So rainbow washing is specifically when companies use rainbow colors on their logos, their products, website, or more to signal to signal support for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, specifically companies who are using rainbow colors to win the business of queer allies without needing to further equity or inclusion of those who actually identify within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, It's otherwise known as another fun way to say remaining politically and socially neutral while still supporting rainbows and increasing revenue. So
1: is is the word like specifically negative? Because I didn't actually know that it was a
2: negative connotation. Yeah, it's pretty specific to like capitalism and businesses targeting the LGBTQ plus community in some facet during June. If you look at like the history of how we got to companies changing their logos on June 1st, And then waiting until June 30th at 11.59 p.m. to change it back. Uh, We'd have to go all the way back to 1978 at the Gay Freedom Parade in San Francisco, California, where Gilbert uh, Baker revealed his design for what would become the pride flag. And you can actually still see it today at the GLBT Historical Society and Museum and Archives in San Fran. But even though it was created in the 70s, it really wasn't until the 90s that us advertisers and marketers were like, we could do something with this.
0: There's money. I like how we left us in here. Like, we are complicit,
2: right? We are the problem. (laughs) problem. Uh, But in the 80s and 90s, you started seeing more people within the community actually identifying as being a lesbian woman, a gay man. Um, And the buying power just started to increasingly trend for the LGBT community into the millions. And in 2023, the buying power is $917 billion from the LGBTQ community. I
0: actually read a bigger number. I read that it was $1.4 trillion.
1: Whoa.
2: So
0: anyway, somewhere between 900 with a B... Like bisexual and and one point four trillion with a T, like trans. Do you guys see what I did there? Wow, just turning, oh, turning that capitalism
2: around. <laughs> I'm in marketing; it's not a big deal. Yeah,
1: we won awards.
2: So it's often referred to as pink money, specifically okay. uh, money yeah. that's coming from the community. Why not rainbow? But whatever. I would like.
1: Okay. Um, I have information on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because of the pink, uh, like triangle. Like that's been a signal symbol of, well, I don't know if it harkens back to actually Nazi Germany. I think it might. And then it was reused in the silence equals death um, stuff with the AIDS epidemic. Wow. Um, part of that, that slogan. And it's oh. pink. And then also, oh my gosh! I think there's like a Pink Panthers too, like like kind of queer militia type of uh, okay. group. <laughs> I know we're like <laughs> 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 get them. <laughs> we should we should fact check that.
0: Just you know. I love, I love how we do that just about every episode. And like, I promise you all, like we do actually research before this. I <laughs> it's just that we end up in tangents and then we say things with such confidence. <laughs> 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 and then, and then like, like true marginalized identities, we go, wait. That might not actually be right. I don't, I just want to be clear that I might not be correct
1: and say. carefully oh, Googling.
0: Well, and I know too, like in the research that I did, we really started seeing brands market to queer con- consumers in cheeky ways. Like you said, Keely, in like the late eighties, early nineties, like I, I was reading about how Subaru was one of the first to really directly market to lesbian consumers and I had to laugh because like I knows this I just started watching the L word in my eternal quest to remain culturally relevant uh <laughs> And there's, like, that whole story arc, right, where Dana ends up being the Subaru spokesperson, and that's, like, how she ends up coming out publicly. And some of the slogans that, like, actual Subaru, not even, like, the L word Subaru came up with, honestly, they were, like, really fucking good. They were, uh, some of them were, like, like, it's not a choice, it's the way we're built. And, like, there was one that was, like, entirely comfortable with its orientation. Like, ooh, ah. But, oh, my God, there was one that just, like, sent me. It was likes to be driven hard and put away wet. Like, (laughs) Subaru, ma'am. Like, this is a Wendy's, okay? Like,
1: what (laughs) on earth? Well, and to think about it, too, like, Subaru is the lesbian car. Like, Thank you oh my god like they did a good job like <laughs> i didn't even think that it was tied to an ad campaign i just thought they were good reliable vehicles and like lesbians, yeah. <laughs> that's why
2: right. lesbians need them Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like wow there is an actual campaign and it's that reminds me of like like really old school campaigns like nike and like these things where we don't even know where they're tied or where they started right. but they're so culturally like enmeshed in our lives.
0: Well, and it makes you wonder too, because like with Subaru, you know, the, I think the understanding in the ad community is that Subaru made themselves the car brand for lesbians.
2: Now, lesbians made you Subaru, so but it's right immediately.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the question, right? Like, did Subaru see an untapped opportunity and go for it. Did they have like, what kind of data could they have had at that point in time that let them know like, Hey, it's mostly lesbians who are driving our cars. Like I I saw that, like some of the market research they had was that it was single
1: female heads of household. (laughs) (laughs) i mean it could have been single moms but that man if there's anyone from that campaign that wants to talk to us we would love to talk to you we want to know we're not even
0: we're not even talking shit subaru like you guys can no. sponsor us like that yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i i read too uh in the mid 90s ruPaul and katie lang were appearing in ads for mac cosmetics together yeah. And uh, also there was like an Ikea commercial with a gay couple shopping for a dining room table together. I think that was the first televised commercial with the same sex couple. Uh, they obviously didn't show the couple later breaking up because they actually had to assemble the dining room table together. But uh... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, and even even like Ellen even came out after this in 1997, like back when she was still a cool gay icon and not like the gay bestie of a war criminal, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It seems like in general, you do have some of these companies that are, are are almost like betting on this audience before it's really mainstream acceptable.
1: Right. Yeah. And they actually, if you look at these companies that you listed, they're doing all right now, you know, like, right. Yeah. I, I don't know how Mac's doing, but I feel like Ikea and Subaru, like they're doing all right.
2: Oh, yeah. And you even have, um, I mean, Absolute Vodka has been attending Pride in some capacity for like 40 years since there's been Prides. There has been Absolute Vodka at Pride. Um, So, I mean, some people have to understand that it's a market. I do. The Subaru thing kills, like, I need to know where where that research lies, because I know why I thought it was... A lesbian car was the hatchback and great back room. Like, that's what I was always taught. You got some nice room in the trunk for whatever you need. And you can, like, do whatever you need in the car, lots of room. What would you need? For if you want to bring anyone else into the car, there's room. Oh, so you are, are lesbians having-
0: the only one fucking in their cars?
2: They're using it to its <laughs> fullest <of> capacity. <laughs> this is the a- only men I know that use Subarus what? are in Colorado and they live in them. That's also a fact.
1: Oh, this, this myth, this lore—I've never heard. That's—that's that's what I you know. Heard. My
2: dad taught me my sister. Taught. What, are they,
1: what are they talking about in Florida? Like this is not
2: in Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's from like Jersey or Chicago or somewhere.
2: Like you'll never, you'll never know where I'm from. <laughs> Rhode Island. <laughs> you'll
0: never know. So this is a storied history. <laughs> like um yeah, no, I've never heard I, I knew the stereotype. It was like the stereotype and and sometimes the demographics that you hear about in marketing is like softball like Subaru lesbians like that's or the softball and Subaru
2: crowd kind of a thing which like everybody's like oh wink wink not that like yeah like I are, a lot of people who were in Birkenstocks when they come into the dealership like what is the data where they figured right. this out in the 80s in the 90s
0: like this is early dude right. <laughs> well and especially you know i guess it, maybe some of it corresponds with like coming out but you're right i mean because like in order to have accurate market research, you have to have a community that is comfortable to tell you who they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I was just thinking, it speaks to whoever we're in the whoever was in the room. It feels like almost someone had insider knowledge and said, "Hey, by the way, lesbians love Subarus." <laughs> <laughs> like, or or if or if it's, I, I think we are also asking a chicken or egg type situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is
0: really like, like, like which came first, like the rainbow washing or the profit? Like, you know, (laughs) what what is it exactly? And I mean, like, I do want to be careful here, you know, like we're talking about companies and logos and things like that and becoming more mainstream. I want to be careful that like, we're not taking anything away from the indomitable queer activists and organizations Mm -hmm. who have fought long and hard and paid with hours and donations and some of them with their lives to bring all of us to a place like the three of us, especially where we can like sit here on a podcast and say publicly that we're queer and throw side eye at large corporations that aren't doing enough for the community. Like we are here and doing all of this because of our ancestors and not because Ikea figured out that gay people might buy furniture too. (laughs) But, But, like, also, we are a business marketing podcast, so it's important for us to evaluate with a really critical eye where businesses have gotten right, like, where they're still fucking it up. And, you know, we've dedicated time and space to those discussions, specifically as they relate to activism in, in several other episodes. If you haven't gone, go back and listen. Yeah. Um, so, like, on some level, do these rainbow logos matter? Do they help? Were they like subliminal messaging for this little queer baby from North Dakota who didn't come out until like 2015? Like if Verizon says it's cool to be me, maybe it is cool to be me. Like,
1: is there any benefit here? Well, I mean, for me coming out in like 2008, when hardly anyone was rainbow washing, except like you said, Kaylee, like in the, in the gay bars, like we'd see absolute vodka um, and things like that. I know that I cried like, on the street the first time I walked downtown Denver and saw a bunch of pride flags waving and like a bunch of p- rainbow products and sponsorships from b- brands and like politicians in the parade that I would never expect. Like, I just remember that. I don't remember what year it was, but I, I couldn't believe it. I hadn't seen anything like it. And I, I I was like, Oh my God, have we made it? Like have we arrived, <laughs> you know, like right. little baby me. And it just grew from there to suddenly Pride stuff was everywhere. And it was a Pride Fest, I think, in like 2009. That was the first time I was walking around and I finally stopped and was like, why are there so many cops here? Like, why are the booths all corporate sponsors when they used to be like a bunch of small queer businesses or like artists? Why is there not a single mention of Stonewall? Like the literal reason we're doing Pride Fest. There was not, I I wanted a Stonewall t-shirt was the thing. And I was walking around and couldn't find one. And uh, like, I think there were these like couple of beautiful years where I was like maybe naive or it was new and it was moving and touching to feel like seen and accepted and have space. But then it became really quickly like, holy shit, is this even right? And is this even for me or us anymore and it's like the movement grew we gained a lot but we also started losing a lot
2: if that makes sense I I mean I feel like at some point rainbow washing helped normalize something that was considered wrong for a really long time and now everyone like it's kind of commonplace of people can be queer. We're in a space where people can become more comfortable coming out. They have queer spaces. where are just like, the world is evolving. Therefore businesses should also evolve. We're not in a space anymore where like, you just need to be like, we are cool with gay people. So we'll put a rainbow flag up in our window in June. Like, I just think we've evolved to needing more overall as a country, world, community in general. Sure. I also, like, you mentioned that
0: like 11.59pm on June 30th, I just like imagine somebody who had like a rainbow flag Swim. in their retail location <laughs> and they're like sitting there with their timer and they're like, <laughs> it's almost time. <laughs> like, it <laughs> can finally come down. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I mean like the question that keeps coming up for me and it, it, it keeps coming up is like, why then? Why not? And is it because it is now safe to do that thing? Is it because uh, we have evolved? To what degree is it safe uh, for for brands, for organizations? Like, you know, on the one hand, we've done work for brands who cater to rural populations. We're changing the logo to a rainbow. Like, okay, like, did we, you know, create a, a final justice and equity for LGBTQ people by doing that? No, but the community that we were marketing to, it kind of was brand resistance to mm-hmm. a degree. And it did signal to those populations. And I remember like there were years where nobody commented on it because you know they've been one of our longest clients. There were years where nobody commented on it and everybody just left it alone. And then like circa 2016, you knew where yeah. this was going, right? Like, like there started to be like a little bit of uh, not even backlash. I think it was really more actually like 2018, 2019 when we started seeing people that were like, Are you going to change the flag or change the logo for Fourth of July too? And it's like, Fourth, a little bit different. Um, not an apples to apples comparison necessarily, but okay. Or like, Are you going to change the logo for soldiers and like things like that? And then I feel like, As the years have gone on, we've had people who have spoken out a little bit more, but to the company's credit, anytime that we've recommended it, they've been all about it. And I'm I'm sure, you know, like a lot of that too, talking about that evolution, you have people who are out at work, people who are out uh, and executives in companies, right? Like this is like, this is important to them as well, but also- In my research, I saw a direct quote from one of the guys who like, kind of started the whole marketing movement towards LGBTQ plus consumers, Uh, this guy, Dave Mulrion, he started an agency that that sort of helped tap into this market. And he said point blank, like, companies didn't do this to be supportive. They did it to get a return on advertising dollars. Uh, And even the guy who was behind the Subaru campaigns, (laughs) I don't know if he was behind the ridden hard and put away wet (laughs) like I'm still I'm still like beside myself with that one but he was like you know uh, these like super wasn't trying to like change minds or like garner support for this community they were just like forgive the pun they were like coming out about advertising to lesbians so they were just finally cool with saying like hey These queers have purchasing power. And yeah, now it's, you know, somewhere between 900B and 1.4T. So,
2: like, is this about support? Well, I think for some people, especially when you talk, when you were talking about like marketing in 2018, 2016, it could be just part of your content cycle. And I know, like, as that being a part of time where I was creating content like crazy for clients, like, it's just the thing you do. March is St. Patty's Day. You put green stuff on. Like, Veterans Day, you got to put out a post. Memorial Day, you got to put out a post, but make sure it doesn't have anything about like saving money because of veterans. And like, it's just kind of became super cyclical that. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. No. Every year, the 9 ones that I see that are like, yes. the what? towers fell,
2: so our price is good, too. Like, really fucked up. Yes. Stuff. <laughs> it's like, I I guess people get upset because pe- they're like, oh, you're taking us. A- well, actually, pe- they do it for Pride... Some, obviously Miller Lite did it for Women's History Month this year, but like, it just kind of becomes a cycle of, you know, something's coming up, you're making something for it. And sometimes it's mindless, like changing a profile picture just to keep 10% of your following happy or super upset. (laughs) Would people even notice if you didn't? Like, is it mandatory now? I feel like more people this year will notice if you do. Because, like, just to be like, oh, it's rainbow washing all over again. But I don't know. Maybe people will be more upset this year if companies don't. I
1: Because, like, like, Target last year when they came out with, bi- like, binders and shit. And then they have all the hilarious stuff and, like, everything went viral about all their funny shit that they have. Like, if they this year went dead blank, didn't do anything, I would be like, huh, so the fire... <laughs> You felt the heat a little bit, you know, and you left the kitchen. And so I think I would know. But but for, I don't know, smaller businesses, it depends on how much I pay attention to them already. Sure. I...
0: <laughs> the target, the the TikTok I sent you both with live laugh lesbian,
2: <laughs> it's my pride collection for Target this year is twelve out of ten. It is phenomenal it is, this it year. Is chaotic um, energy,
1: <laughs> unhinged. It's like pink, it's in the font. <laughs> like
2: the oh, I like the non-binary like trash bag font that they do. Oh I didn't see it. Like, I didn't. It's like it. the thank you bag that you get for like deliver delivery food, but it just says non-binary instead of thank you. I, I love know.
0: that you immediately went to trash bag font instead of delivery. I know
2: <laughs> <laughs> plastic bag <laughs> font. I don't like the thank you for shopping. Like yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not trash. It's a. In- I mean, for some people, it's your bathroom trash bag. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> some people, we're not saying who, but some people like.
0: <laughs> like you know who I will be watching to see if they change their logo is is Anheuser
1: Bush. Oh, Rosafini, Don't even get us started. Will we be more mad or less mad
0: if they don't?
1: I think we're in general. I'm mad. I don't know how much more mad I can get. Sure. I'll okay. be mad. I'll be mad either way, actually. In fact, they can't do anything right, right now. No, right. Yeah. They, like, talk about a brand who royally
0: fucked up an opportunity and ended up pissing off everyone. Everyone.
2: Like, everyone. like it almost feels
0: like, like those stories where, like, I don't know why I don't know why this is the metaphor that I'm making in my head, but like where a guy is like he's going after like two girls and he's like kind of playing them both. And then they find out about each other and they're like, yo, fuck you. Like, it feels like he really like he really thought that he was going to be able to make it work. And then when he was like, No, baby, I really love you. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have fucked or, or fucked around over here. And then that woman was like, No, we're not, we're not fucking idiots. Are you kidding me? Like, it feels like they had an opportunity to take a stand. And like, to be clear, too, because I, I'm I'm pretty sure that most people, most living humans in the United States of America are familiar with the Budweiser controversy. Uh, wherein, and, and we will go down this road in a later episode, but they identified that sales were already lagging. Their existing audience was already not pulling up. And so they identify this new audience in queer people and try to bait that audience pretty expertly, I would say. Yeah knowing that there would be backlash and the the CEO homeboy like was like <gasps> like I guess what there was backlash and then let's go of or puts on leave the the masterminds behind the marketing campaign apologizing To the fucking Hicks, let's just call them that. Um, You know, no, that's not fair to Hicks. To the the bigots. (laughs) Bigots. Who were uh, opposed to, who are anti-trans. And now, the anti-trans crowd is still not buying their beer. Like, they really thought that by doing this, by doing a 180, they were going to bring that audience back. And they didn't. Sales have continued to lag. Because that audience isn't coming back. And you had an opportunity to lean fucking in with this new audience and make up for it. And now you've got a a bunch of stupid marketing bros who are like, this is what happens when Mm -hmm. you take a stand as you lose half your followers. No, this is what happens when you flip flop, when you don't actually take a stand, when you tried to play both sides and then pretend like you didn't actually mean to, you showed your ass. And that's why everybody hates you now, not because you took a stand.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. As the great Shangela would say, "Hallelujah, Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Shangela, call us."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, like, like I feel like this year is the big year where we go. Like, I mean, it, it's the big year for a lot of reasons around advertising to the queer community. We saw what happened with Budweiser's flip flop on things. We know that they are going to want to cash in on Pride now, and, like, I'm not sure how they're going to make that happen. Uh, But then also, we have, as is the trend every year now... um, the most uh, anti-LGBTQ year in recent history in terms of rising rates of violence against LGBTQ people and also anti-LGBTQ, specifically anti-trans legislation on how many uh, state uh, congressional floors. So the rainbow logo, like, maybe it was there for making things more mainstream, but like, is it even that impactful anymore?
1: I just want to mirror what Kaylee said earlier. I do really think we're more of it, like a turning point or boiling point for this, um, for LGBTQ plus allyship, like in general, by the way, I put ally shit in the script on accident at first. And I was like, <laughs> "Is rainbow washing ally shit. <laughs> um, like, for me, I'd be really sad and scared for queer, queer representation to go away right now, like for brands to start backing off. Target. Because I feel like as a trans person, my my personhood is under attack now, yeah. like as much as ever. But Kay- Kaylee said, like, it's important to acknowledge that times have changed and so have standards, it's not mm-hmm. enough anymore to to blindly make things rainbow and get the queers to buy into your brand. Like we want and we need more. And more people have eyes on it. More people are paying attention. Um, I do wonder how much it's changed because of how many eyes are now on queer people and our struggle. It's like really hot in the news cycle right now. I think I read something like the amount of legislation, do you guys know the amount of anti- gay and trans legislation right now i can't think
2: of the number but it's sad it's a lot it's a lot like Ron DeSantis dropped something like three new bills every other day i yeah. swear i i like,
0: read i read a number but the i think the important part is that it is the worst in mm-hmm. recent history i think the yeah. worst the worst in history in the history of lgbtq folks having greater social acceptance than not, this is the worst in that period of our history.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like people are fleeing Florida. Yeah. Like yeah. they're literally like, I'm trans. I cannot live in this state. It's mm-hmm. become so dangerous. Like this is uh, So when we're talking impact, like effects are important to think about. Right. Like, yeah. I-, I just wonder, like, Our brand's going to be like, oh shit, this isn't that cool anymore, guys, you know? And I I think we'll start to see who's truly an ally and truly an ally to all of the alphabet. I'm really curious to get your guys' thoughts on whether you think we're going to start to see splits. Like, it feels like, like bigots and stuff like that were starting to warm, maybe, to sexuality differences. But now the trans shit has come in and they're like, oh, we hate all of you. Or like, we hate half of you. We don't like the whole alphabet. Like... It's it's a big and scary backlash. Um,
0: yeah, there's there's the pronouns people. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the thing. Which is just hyster- you all fucking have pronouns. Every last fucking one of us has pronouns. You dumb shits. <laughs> but like and- you've got like the pronouns people. Uh, but I've also seen alphabet mafia used uh, derogatorily several places. So, which you know, thanks Dave Chappelle. Go on.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, but. We don't want to cancel people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I I just want to know if the people who regularly fund our right wing conservative politicians, but still change their logo and do empty pride campaigns like think they can get away with it or if they decide that it's not worth it anymore. Bud Light. (laughs)
2: Um, I mean, I have to agree with Owen. Like, in at like, it's just so scary right now that I think the impact is going to be more important. But also, you need to be doing more, as you had said. There's ne- people not only making evacuation plans for their family and like their livelihood when it comes to leaving Florida, but Tampa Pride is already canceled. There's Whispers of St. Petersburg, which is, like, the third highest gay community in Florida, other than Miami, Key West, Um, and then Orlando are going to be the other three big Pride Fests this year. But they're being canceled for fear of the community and what will happen at the event, because Florida also has what, everybody? Uh, No permit. You don't need a permit to have a gun down here. So... After Pulse,
0: especially, you know. Oh, yeah.
2: It's terrifying down here. And so anyway, you have all that. You have Ron DeSantis, who first pushed out the Don't Say Gay bill, and now he's pushing out all this other trans stuff. So now or trans bills between children to adults that are all being affected by these bills. But... It's important now more than ever for companies to really be aligning themselves with the market if they want to be a part of the market. Um, One company that's kind of doing it, the heir to Walt Disney's company, A Disney, um, came out as transgender last year in April, which is why Disney specifically stood against the Don't Say Gay bill. Um, And while the heir kept coming out and kind of forcing the company to take that direct stand... Now, I mean, DeSantis is pushing back at them politically. None of that, all of the legal, legality stuff has nothing to do with the don't say gay. It just did start because of it. But I'd rather see that strong of a stance than Diageo continuing to take alcohol, like all the money from their alcohol without discussing the history of how badly the community was treated within their family, which we've previously discussed.
0: Yeah. I hear this a lot lately. I've heard this a lot over the course of the last like five, six years now. Is like if you've ever wondered who you would have been or what you would have done during the civil rights movement, during Jim Crow, during uh, the Holocaust, you're doing it right now. Like you don't have to wonder, and and companies need to think about that. If corporations wanted to be treated like people, uh, thanks Mitt Romney. Um, you know, you have to then take a stand for people. Uh, I, I don't know that we will ever see in mass those sorts of things happening. I think that there are organizations that are, I think in our opinions, doing, the bare minimum, but that hopefully it will, it will help influence things. I mean, I think that, you know, corporations, it is not my hope that they will ever get it right, largely because we are all humans and they're made up of humans. Um, But yeah, I mean, at, at what point in time are you going to acknowledge that, that your internal workforce has LGBTQ people in it. Like, you know, I was just discussing with somebody recently, their corporate, co- their, their corporate culture is very, very, um, you know, supportive of the LGBTQ community. There are several like queer people in uh, leadership positions. There are LGBTQ resource groups with this organization. And they had uh, a big conference down in Florida this year. And it was like, it, and there was a lot of backlash about it. Like, why are we giving our corporate money? We could go anywhere in the fucking country. Why are we giving our corporate money to a state where several of our employees don't even feel safe traveling to?
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and even thinking about it that way, like... How many you know when when Salesforce uh, threatened to pull out of Indiana entirely if the NCAA um, had passed something about it. it was it was Indiana specifically or no it wasn't the NCAA it was Indiana specifically was making some kind of anti queer legislation this was like six years ago uh, and Salesforce and the NCAA were both like look if you do this we're out like sorry we're not we're not going to be here anymore and now it almost feels like. Like we saw companies take a stand when it was just one state and, and bully them into changing their minds because Indiana didn't pass that law. Uh, Salesforce like Mark Benioff was going to make good on that. The NCAA was going to make good on that. But when we see things like what I feel like we've seen in recent years is that it's like this Hydra, right? Like it's not just one state anymore. It like after uh, you know Roe v. Wade fell, like the the trigger laws that that then uh, criminalized um, pregnancy termination and and you know decisions between someone with a womb and their their medical provider. You suddenly had these corporations that were like, "Well, we should probably pull out of here." We're not going to have an opportunity to. This all happened really fast. There are too many of these states. So we'll pay for employees to go across state lines if they need to, or we'll pay for them to relocate if they need to. But like that was them like scaling this back, right? Scaling back the support. It's no longer Mm -hmm. Salesforce is going to move out of Indiana and take all its jobs with them. It's, well, Salesforce is going to relocate some people if they need to but they have to disclose that. And I imagine that we're seeing the same exact thing, you know, in places like Florida. Well, we'll relocate you if you need to, but you have to do- it's incumbent now on the worker to disclose that and to say I don't feel comfortable here and then worry about the potential for retaliation from the company that they work for. So, like we're we're seeing over and over again just I think by sheer volume of the states that are becoming more and more restrictive, that these brands are not going to save us. They're not like we want them to, and we'll sit here on this podcast and we'll talk about the fact that we believe that businesses should be doing it better. I don't mean to be like the girl who gave up, but I just don't, I don't see brands coming to the defense of, of, of at-risk, marginalized identities and communities the same way that they did five or six years ago when they
1: could squash it one state at a time. Well, and you might be surprised to hear me say this, but the hill, if I cho- chose a hill to die on, it would probably be getting corporate money out of politics. Um, because of this exact kind of thing. Um, and, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but like the HRC isn't even taking into account how much money a corporation is dumping into a what may be a really right-wing anti-gay politician right. when determining whether or not they meet their equity in, index or whatever. And like, yeah. what is that? What yeah. is that? Why are we all turning a blind eye to like, this dumping of money into politics that's governing our laws that is keeping people from resources, you know? Like, and because we have that tie, we're in a ton of messes like what you just described, Danielle. Like right. tons of messes. We everything's intertwined with money. And I don't know.
0: Yeah. I do wanna I do wanna talk about that. I also though feel like I need to point out that if I know anyone Will die on any number of hills. It's you.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I'm from Colorado, have you seen the amount of hills I'm working on? <laughs> I will scale them all. I will
0: die a thousand deaths.
1: <laughs> That's like beautiful.
0: You should put that in Schmed name. Yes. Coming coming soon. Schmed name by Schmaniel. Uh, <laughs> So something that did come up repeatedly in my research, and thank you for, for uh, bringing it up, was just like the lists of companies who put all of this money and time and effort into their pride campaigns. Because, you know, you both know as well as I do that, like, these are concerted efforts. Like, we help with these efforts, right? Like, we get hired For these efforts. So it's not just, you know, resources, it's opportunity costs. Sometimes they're hiring outside vendors, like money is being spent on these pride campaigns. And that's before a single ad dollar is spent, right? Like all of the money that goes into it before the actual media spend. So we've got all of these companies putting this money, this effort into their pride campaigns about, you know, how accepting they are and they have a perfect score on what's called the uh the human rights campaign or HRC their corporate equity index but they were still donating tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know Comcast, NBC Universal and AT&T, they were donating in the millions to lawmakers and politicians who had received a literal zero. From the human rights campaign congressional scorecard. Now, Alan, before like I ask, like what the fuck is up with this disparity? Do you wanna do you wanna tell our our folks at home what the HRC congressional scorecard is as well as their corporate equity index?
1: Yes, yes. So the HRC congressional score scorecard is a bunch of records compiled by the HRC so that queer folks and allies can stay informed on um, elected officials' actions or votes on Mm -hmm. key issues that impact the LGBTQ plus community. And here I took a quote. So they state that they, quote, hope it serves as a valuable tool in holding elected officials accountable in our shared effort towards achieving equity and equality for all. Now, the HRC Corporate Equity Index, which we've already referenced, is a national benchmarking tool on corporate policies and, and like their practices and the benefits pertinent to like their LGBTQ employees. And as we, I just said, unfortunately, the, they, they aren't blending well because they mm-hmm. aren't taking into consideration scorecards when they're doing corporate equity index, if that makes sense.
0: Right. So the I'm- corporate...
2: The million well, a thing to, That's made for a thing. Why would you use it at all? It's <laughs> let's just fill it out and then forget about it. Like, right? Like <laughs> I wish that we just like had
0: all of the tools that we needed at our disposal at any point in time and simply had to connect them. Like <laughs> I knew who to pick. <laughs> like I. Like, like. Only. Totally. Well, like what's worse is that like they've been called out for this. They've been yeah. called out for this and. That that their corporate equity index only accounts for, Alan, like you said, the internal practices for their internal workforce, but doesn't apply to how that same company spends their dollars on people who have an abysmal congressional scorecard record. So like the corporate equity index does not account for those donations to politicians who have a zero on their own scorecard. And the article that I was reading from 2021, they said that despite like the HRC had come out with a statement being like, this is how we're going to dodge responsibility and accountability for this. And they also were not including it as a score marker in the most recent 2022 corporate equity index. So why does this feel like it's just a way for corporations to check the box without being asked to change literally any of their detrimental shit? And do we think that, like, the HRC is going to have to fucking fix this? Or are they fine being, a, I hate to say a corporate tool, but kind of a corporate tool? <laughs>
1: I mean, and I don't know how the HRC continues to slide by because they did a bunch of racist shit in like 2016 or something. Right. Like and I, they seem to like manage to like slip away because like uh, and probably largely because of all the good stuff they do. I mean, the, if you do look at what they're, you know, checking when they're doing their, you know, their um, what's it called? What is that thing called? We're just talking about not the scorecard, but the index oh, yeah. when they're looking at like how well they treat employees that are queer, like that stuff's good. It's overwhelmingly yeah. good. And
2: you're missing something. Does Chick-fil-A have like a super high score? Chick-fil-A is like, I don't know. That's so fascinating. It's like the best LGBT
0: company. Like. Oh, God. <laughs> well, and I know the excuse that we're getting from these organizations is like, well, we're donating to these people for other reasons. So they will do other things for us. And we can't possibly be expected to agree on everything they think or do or say or everyone they're trying to outlaw. Like I found some statements from some of these companies who have scored uh, super, super high, like 100% on that corporate corporate equity index. But like this one, for instance, Google, Uh, Google has donated, this was back in 2021, and they were running contributions from 2019 to present. This is from, um, by the way, Popular Information. It's at popular.info. This is 2019 to present. That was two years. They had donated $483,500 to federal lawmakers with a zero human rights campaign score uh, on their scorecard and their statement was we have a long track record of strongly supporting the rights of all lgbtq+ plus people building inclusive products and features debatable providing support and benefits to our lgbtq+ plus employees and advocating consistently for poli- policies that would protect lgbtq+ plus individuals such as the equality act and all the way back to opposing california's proposition 8 in 2008 We have long contributed to candidates from across the political spectrum who work on a technology policy, but we have always been very clear that such a contribution doesn't mean that Google agrees with every candidate on every issue. In fact, we may disagree strongly on some issues. Amazon says... Amazon engages with policymakers and regulators on a wide range of issues that affect our business, customers, and employees. That does not mean we agree with any individual or political organization 100% of the time on every issue. And this includes legislation that discriminates or encourages discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community. They donated $459,000 to people with zeros on their hr hrc scorecard uh, just behind uh, google like i don't know it kind of feels to me like if you're supporting if you're supporting a person who agrees with policies that will that are best for your corporation like how am i trying to say this but they also happen to be the kind of people who are okay with relegating humans to second class citizen status based on their orientation or gender identity maybe it's time to reconsider that you were on the right side of anything
1: right like it's it's so it's slimy to go back to the beginning of this episode because also let's think about laws and business stuff that benefits corporations And they're presuming that those laws don't in turn disenfranchise oppressed groups. Right. And I would argue that they're probably doing some trickle-down economics funding. Yep. And I wonder who's getting the money. And I don't think it's maybe a trans person of color. Maybe a few, but overwhelmingly probably not. So like, it's like that's so slimy right because they're using some logic brain thing to manipulate us into thinking oh it's okay we put this money over here but actually no
0: and then thinking about the fact that like with with a company like google or really any of the social platforms these are often these are often the ways the only ways for- for LGBTQ plus organizations to get the word out, we use them with you know our clients that are LGBTQ plus organizations um, in order to get the word out. They have the gold standard in in targeting in being able to reach your audience, and then to know that that these organizations even they're spending the LGBTQ organizations are are spending money on a company on a product from a company who is happy to put up a big pride campaign every June but then taking that same money that we just gave them and they're they're lying to spend our own dollars against us.
1: And and the proof is in the pudding, right? Look at all of the legislation that's up right now. If yep. what corporations were doing was working and it was fine, there wouldn't be Some 400 anti-queer, anti-trans laws going around. I made that number up, but I think it's somewhere around there, you know, going around the country. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. But I think you can look at what's going on in the country now and say something's going on and it's not pro-LGBTQ+.
0: I don't even think that brands have to take all of the culpability. I just need them to take some. I need mean, it's a little bit like I've always said this about like sports teams like I'm a big sports fan I was a big football fan for a very long time I walked away because I think the NFL is a garbage organization that that treats uh women and people of color like shit and I have often had like very specific ire for very specific players uh, or coaches on teams, uh, namely people who were, I don't know, accused of sexual violence um, multiple times, right? And when I would encounter people who were fans of that team or that, uh, that player, I would be like, so what about these sexual violence allegations? And you know what? I have a hell of a lot of res- hell of a lot more respect for people who go, yeah, that's like super fucked up and I believe it and I'm super against it, but also like this has been my team since I was a kid and I'm like just going to stick with it. Like I don't understand it because like it literally took It took Aaron Rodgers being a fuckstick about COVID for me to be like, cool, I'm done. I am like, like I have been a Green Bay Packers fan since I was five years old. And now I'm finished. And like, that's all it took for me to walk away. I don't understand it, but I respect it more than if you try to tell me it didn't happen or Mm -hmm. that you can't be held responsible for how you engage with the team or that you shouldn't have to be asked to think about these things. And that's what I want from companies. I'm not asking them to take all of the responsibility. They aren't the ones on the congressional floor actually like pulling the lever, yaying, naying things, right? Like I get that. But also like you're you're literally just taking our money from us and then lying to us about where it's spent Take some culpability. And when you take that culpability, tell us how you're going to do better. Like, yeah, you know what? We did. We donated to all of these politicians that were actually really bad for this particular community. And we vow in the future that if we are going to donate to somebody who has a really, really questionable record, we are also going to sit down at the negotiating table and have a conversation about that.
2: You can't do it all, but you can try. We've kind of talked about it before with Caitlin on accountability. Like, it's just something that no businesses want to take. And even with Bud Light, that whole thing, my biggest upset with the whole campaign is the blame game that Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch started playing immediately. Went to the CMO, went to the ad agency. It's always the ad agency's fault. Like, every agency knows that someone's making a decision anywhere. So, like, I'm sure behind closed doors, it was not one person going, this is the ideal campaign, go launch it. I'm sure it was edited to crap. Whenever I don't think it was what the person who ideized it and thought it would be, anyway, content wise, but it was just like the way they responded was yep. the next day after this bad TikTok video, you put out your most patriotic commercial on YouTube, on Amazon. Like we saw that everywhere the next day. And that was their response to a TikTok video. But it's like, and then, oh, we're getting rid of this person. We just want everyone to have a beer together, but not really. Like, just, just say you fucked up. Say this. This was not our intention to get anyone angry or anything. Everyone wants a Bud Light. If you don't want a Bud Light, guess what? Don't buy it. Like that's kind of all you can do if you're taking a stand in any capacity anyway.
0: Well, not to mention pandering to an audience that is responsible directly for your lagging sales. That's what mm-hmm. I that's what like really gets me about the Budweiser thing is the fact that like you are you are coming back with your tail between your legs to an audience that was already not showing up for you.
2: Like, you dumb bitch. Like, (laughs) like, Here's what's kind of funny is even when it comes to Bud Light, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we go deeper into the Dilly Mulvaney campaign, but, like, when I think of people who purchase Bud Light, yes, I think it's at Pride. It's usually one of the only beers that you can get at any Pride Fest. But also, I'm thinking of the white guy that buys a 36-pack at a time. Like, Mm -hmm. those are the people who are buying in bulk. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, it's the whole targeting aspect of the whole campaign I just didn't agree with in general. But, like, you pissed off a really scary audience to piss off.
0: Well, and, and like I said, you know, I think it's It's, it is, it's about taking some form of culpability and, and, you know, we, we talk about this with Kienzel culture. I've got quotes, scare quotes around that uh, all the time that like, like a a classic example for me is like Netflix. Netflix Mm -hmm. produced the Dave Chappelle special two of them specials uh, wherein, I mean, he very openly says that, you know, he's uh, a supporter of um, anti-trans public figures uh, for their anti-trans stances where he makes digs at the Alphabet Mafia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But then it also produced all three of Hannah Gadsby's specials, produced Mae Martin's special, where they very deftly at the end of their special were like, I'm tired of having to answer for this, like, but also I'm just like tired of the stuff being made, Like, I'm tired of, of comics making, you know, these kinds of jokes that I have to answer for Mm
2: -hmm. as,
0: as a non-binary person. And, and you've got a company like Netflix that also refuses to take any culpability. They're like, oh, we're just like equal opportunity. We're just trying to make entertainment. Like, like, you know what? I would respect you a hell of a lot more. If, like, I don't even need for you to say you're sorry. I think, I mean, like, you both know I'm not big on sorry anyway. Like, what are we going to do moving forward? How do we solution this? Like, to say, like, yeah, we realized that this was actually pretty hurtful.
2: Yeah. It doesn't have to be an apology. It has to be a, what we did was wrong. Here's how it was wrong. Here's what needs to change and what we're going to do to change.
0: I don't even need you to use the word wrong. I, like I think it's wrong but if you if you come out and say yeah we produced a special that uh that shared a lot of uh un like not even uncool a lot of uh statements about trans people that trans people feel are very dehumanizing like that in and of itself is still mm-hmm. to me a step up from where we are now. Which is no, we're we're not anti-LGBTQ. Like, look at all the ways that we aren't. I just need you to to say that like you've done this thing that the queer community clearly feels like you you fucked it up somehow. So say that. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's time that we really talk about, like, why this matters now in a really important way. Uh, right now, just recently, the NAACP issued a no travel advisory for LGBTQ plus people and people uh, and for people of color for the state of Florida. As of this recording, and it could have changed by the time that you're hearing this, that's important to note, there is a bill on the Florida House floor right now. It's uh, HB 1403 that would allow medical providers to refuse coverage to people who are LGBTQ uh, or who who the provider even thinks might be gay, like just giving off them gay vibes. Uh, So if a medical provider believes that somebody belongs to the population, whether or not that has been verified by the individual themselves, uh, the medical provider can refuse care and is not responsible for referring them to anybody who can help them. It's something like called like the Preservation of Medical Conscience Bill or something like that. It was it was absolutely like foul. Where is it? I had it here. How is that not against the Hippocratic Oath? I, the same way that, that uh, pharmacists can protections of medical conscience uh, the same way that pharmacists can refuse to uh, distribute plan B, but at least with pharmacists, they have to refer you to a pharmacy that will give it to you or refer you to a pharmacist who will, they're not allowed to just refuse coverage. Um, EMTs do this all the time. They they refuse uh, specifically uh, trans people, or uh, people who are identified as who who are identified as trans, or uh, people who were, I guess, like in like the emergency that happened um, was related to something gay, like the shooting of a gay nightclub. Uh, EMTs can refuse can refuse care.
1: How is that? How could that ever be allowed? Do you know what I mean? Like, how could like emergency care ever be limited for someone?
2: Well, that's why I'm confused. Yeah, like I well, I guess EMTs and pharmacists don't take the Hippocratic oath, but like doctors, if someone is in need of care. You have to provide the best care, but the Hippocratic Oath—you have to remember, uh, like many things that we learned in
0: 2016—is uh, decorum. It's not—it's wow. not a legal requirement. It is—it is—at it, least to my knowledge, it's something that is agreed upon. Uh, but and maybe it's a fireable offense. Um, but I think this this would establish legal protections, and there are even a lot of like LGB folks who think that uh, by aligning themselves with anti-trans causes and groups they will somehow be saved from destruction. And let me tell you, that's fucking stupid and a good sign that you haven't cracked open a history book anytime recently. Uh, And that I I feel like the introduction of Bill 1403 in Florida is, it it illustrates that perfectly. This was never going to be helpful for you to align yourself with, with anti-trans organizations as a person who belongs to the community People who hate us hate all of us. Uh, We live in an era where each year is becoming increasingly dangerous for LGBTQ plus people. Like we've said, each year has more bills than the last that are attempting to dehumanize us, uh, outlaw our existence, especially our trans siblings. Uh, there are several states where bathroom bills are being debated again. One of the most recent that actually passed was in Florida, House Bill 1521, that makes trans people second-class citizens. Uh, it criminally penalizes them with jail time and fines if they are non-compliant in terms of entering the bathroom of their gender identification. Which, for many people who are uh, who who choose to present the way that their gender identity might, um, you know, be uh, stereotypically presented uh, could mean that it's incredibly unsafe for them to enter Mm -hmm. the the restroom of their assigned sex at birth, uh, especially with LGBTQ plus people uh, now being nine times more likely. And this was as of December. So entirely possible that it's gotten worse for us to be the victims of violent crime. So like the rainbow logos aren't fucking working. So... Y'all, not to end on a, a shit note. What are our action items
2: here? What can what can our folks at home do? Um, I'll take on marketing action items for sure. Uh, the first one I want to do, which I don't know why we didn't initially put it in this list, because I feel it's important, which is gay people are gay 365 days out of the year. They're not <laughs> just gay in June. I, I think like, I
0: that's it. <laughs>
2: One thing that companies could be doing is if you really think that this is an audience you can grow in, how can you provide for them the rest of the year? For example, hey, Target, we want pride stuff all the time. I want to be able to get Live Left Lesbian in October. Like, <laughs> With spooky I want font. A- yes. yes. <laughs> like, I want ghosties holding like, hands. Like
1: <laughs> like a cropped sweatshirt. That's what I want it in. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Love is love. And it's just like ghosties.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's probably the most important is if you're catering to the LGBTQ community in June, what are you doing to do it year round as well? Yeah, love.
0: You know, I think um, if you or your boss, if you want to make your logo rainbow, like it's not, I mean, we're not, we're not sitting here saying that it's a bad thing. Like, again, you know, we, we say this repeatedly that there are no right ways to do marketing, but there are lots of really wrong ways to do it. That's why we're here. We're trying to make things less slimy. It's not that the act of changing your logo to a rainbow is oppressive to the community. It's not. But we're asking you to ask yourself or your leadership team what do our internal policies look like for our mm-hmm. LGBTQ+ employees? Do we prioritizing or we prioritize hiring LGBTQ+ talent? Do we have an employee resource group for these queer employees? How do queer employees here feel here right now? Is there pay equity? Do they have a safe place to be themselves without being asked, you know, dehumanizing questions or made to feel othered? We have a- an incredible pod that's coming up where we'll talk about, you know, uh, LGBTQ folks in the market, er, in the marketplace. Well, nope, not the marketplace. In, in the,
1: <laughs> for sale. <in> the-
0: <laughs> nope. the <laughs> nope. LGBTQ folks in the workplace uh, and and making sure that they feel um, – I saw – maybe it was one of you that shared this, that, that uh, DEI advocates are saying we need to move away from inclusion and toward belonging. We're not just including people. They actually feel like they belong here. So is that your workplace? And if it's not – Just ask yourself the why, you know, work through that, like really, really review that in your head and with your teams and say, why are we doing this? Is it to capitalize on spending power? Is it a show of support? And if all the gays were to show up at our workplace tomorrow. And we might. (laughs) what would you have to say for yourself how would you answer our questions in the court of gay opinion love that's one of mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: so good
0: alan do you have uh any any from your side kaylee any more on the marketing side
2: Um, Just kind of to reiterate something you had said, consider what the goal of your campaign is. If it's just selling stuff to the queers, maybe reconsider it altogether and figure out something better you can be providing this pride Um, If you're going to do a partnership with a LGBTQ brand or an influencer, uh, make sure you can both mutually benefit off the message, including local resources to the community or safe spaces or festivals where people can be celebrating rather than, hi, gay, welcome to Proud Month.
0: (laughs) Shout out to Meg Stalter. (laughs) Uh, Meg Stalter, if you're listening, you can sponsor our podcast too.
1: (laughs) Please come on our podcast. You're so funny. (laughs) Uh,
0: What if you're not in marketing? How can uh, our listeners who don't know much about marketing, how can they uh, help? What are their action items for pride this season? Anybody?
1: Well, I kind of feel like if you're part of the queer community, there might be this feeling or this, yeah, this feeling of like needing to do extra labor for either your company, your friends, your family. And I think I want to communicate like this is a month to celebrate totally. you and mm-hmm. it's a month to celebrate the people who came before us and like honor them and their struggles and then really um commune. And so I think I would say take care of yourself and yeah watch yourself and see how you're feeling and and make sure that you, you get out in community and feel the goods that are supposed to be happening right now, even though a lot of bad things are happening right now. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, to like, there's the, I I like that the bit about like feeling like you have to do extra labor, especially in uh, a season like we're in right now. Um, I also just like for me personally, I want to get more savvy about where my dollars go. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that corporations are capitalizing on my gay purchasing power and my my buy purchasing power, um, that you know they could be taking my dollars and then funneling them to people and to causes that actually would have us wind the clock back 50 years where not only do we not have a podcast, we don't have jobs because everybody knows, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give money to organizations that will do that. Um, And, you know, for me, it's, it's that little, little bit of extra, but I do think that people who aren't in the community should absolutely be doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're on your ally shit, Um, (laughs) you know, don't, don't just like support. First of all, support queer organizations, support queer makers, and don't just share content or buy products. We're going to have a whole episode on, you know, supporting queer business owners during pride, especially if you're going to buy rainbow shit, um, you know, we'll, we'll get there in a, a couple of weeks, but before you, especially before you share content, Take five minutes, do the extra labor. It's your time to shine, girly, okay? Like do the extra labor, dig in a little bit so that you can understand who benefits not just from your actual currency, but from the currency of your attention and the attention of others. So when you're sharing things that seem very like, yes, queen, hunty, et cetera, like do you understand what the brand is and how they benefit. Are they capitalizing on, on pride? Are they sharing these memes that end up being a form of rainbow washing or are they actual queer creators at the heart of this? Are they, um, you know, potentially like organizations that actually do donate, uh, to queer causes? Are they queer organizations? Um, to to think about that before you share your content, because I know not everybody's going to buy stuff for Pride, especially if you're an ally, you may just like not feel the need to, and that's fine. Like, I don't need you to. But like, what I do need is for you to uplift queer voices and believe queer people at organizations when they say that they're experiencing uh, behavior that is not that is at odds with how the organization says that they work with queer people. Um, The, the Netflix uh, like LGBTQ walkout comes to mind, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things like this, like believe queer people about our own experiences in the workplace Uh, and, and be careful where you're sharing content because that's probably what that, that is probably the biggest thing that all of us will do all pride long is share a shit ton of content and you should know who benefits from that.
2: I tend to think that it's not on a marginalized community to educate people. Um, so if you are an ally, if you're newly coming out, if you just don't get Pride Month, uh, take it upon yourself to educate yourself. Uh, as Danielle had said like listened to people who experience these things, listen to people within the community and just like hear their stories, whether it's positive or negative. like it's normalizing people and rather than being like the gays, it's just like listen to people's experiences, hear out what they have to say and ed- take it upon yourself to educate yourself on outside perspectives when it comes to, why people could be feeling like rainbow washing is not helpful, um, and things to that extent, or why businesses could be benefiting from the community without helping in any way.
0: Yeah, and if you feel like the gays were just being mean to you this whole time, I'm sorry. I'm not. need to like,
2: kill me the
1: gays.
0: <laughs> we may show up, okay?
1: Like. <laughs> He's somebody weird. has to bring Sam. like you don't you don't know enough of us
0: like rural idaho and knock on the door who are all these gays like here we are <laughs> we demand to speak to your supervisor um anyhow that is our pod this week uh you will of course have plenty more pride-based conversations because as it turns out the queers were everywhere. Uh, we work alongside you. Spoiler. Mm. Uh, Owen may one day be employable elsewhere. And so you will have to deal with them too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's,
0: uh, it's something that, that, like I said, we're going to continue this conversation throughout the course of pride we're gonna talk about uh, alcohol companies in particular, as if you know we haven't given Budweiser enough of our time and attention. And uh, gonna talk a little bit more about that. We're gonna discuss uh, where your money goes uh, during Pride. Again, buying from queer creators, we're going to talk about uh, working with queer people and how to, uh, you know, create a culture of belonging and not just inclusion and especially not othering. So I uh, hope you are able to tune in throughout Pride and uh, we look forward to continuing this conversation from here on out. Thanks for tuning in to Target Snarket. We'll see you next week.
2: Have a great Pride month. k
1: Thanks for tuning in to Target Snarket, a weekly podcast brought to you by Broad Digital Consulting. Our podcast is hosted by Danielle Bilbrook, Kaylee Myers, and Owen Connolly, and produced by Margo Gill. You can always learn more about Broad Digital Consulting on our website, broad.digital. That's b r o a d.digital. Or you can find us on social media using the handle at Target Snarket. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, we'd love for you to review our pod if you like what you're hearing.